made it till week three before uh, COVID finally reared its ugly head again. And we finally have a fantasy relevant player on the COVID reserve list. That's Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, we had the little scare during the preseason. I thought we had gotten past it. Everyone was healthy for the start of the regular season. And, you know, maybe it was the optimist in me that thought, hey, we're going to we're going to get a whole season of, of healthiness. Um, Safe for, I don't know, Cole Beasley probably. But it's Antonio Brown who's on the COVID reserve list. Uh, what a welcome back for Eric. Eric, I, you know, I know everyone missed him on the What We Saw podcast, but welcome back from your wedding celebration, man. Excited to be back. I think this is the first Sunday of football I've missed in, I don't know, four or five years. I, I can't even remember the last time. And frankly, I don't know how you all do it. Uh, my head's spinning. Too much happened. Uh, Derrick Henry had six receptions. Like how, what happened while I was gone? So um, I, I've realized that our job is even more important now. We sit start on what we saw roll. We got to fill you all in when you miss games. So uh, I, I won't miss another week, I promise, because this was just too much work catching back up. Everyone, everyone knows you. You specifically weren't watching, so they're like, "Time to do some weird stuff," and they were throwing the ball to Derrick Henry, uh, so that they you know, like, "Oh, Eric will never, never guess what happened when you come back." Uh, Ryan, how was how was actually watching football this weekend? It was nice. Uh, it was fun to see my Patriots get a win. Uh, but I will say that by like six thirty Eastern time, I had completely forgotten about the Pats winning because I was so mad at the Cowboys Chargers game that they weren't getting the points I needed for my DFS lineups but other than that it was pretty fun yeah it was funny I I watched most of that game uh and thank you Greg Zerline for making that field goal because I I don't know what would have happened if uh, if we went to overtime there but I remember in the first quarter Tony Romo uh saying this is going to end like 40 to 35 and uh, they didn't even score 40 points combined between the two teams. So definitely a surprising game. A nice curb stomping, really, for your Patriots, which um, if they didn't do that over the Jets, would have been disappointing. And uh, Eric, uh, you know, if, if you're going to see a Bengals game, it's a good thing you saw week one and, and not week two uh, against the Bears. Yeah, it was actually pretty much how I thought it would go. I just thought they'd be able to pull out that win. So, yeah, it was ugly. The offensive line is uh, still a problem in Cincinnati. Well, they used up all of their, you know, secret magic in, in week one to get that first win. So you can't expect two wins in a row from a surprising, you know, I mean, it's it's not like you're the Carolina Panthers or anything that can just surprise everyone and go two and oh, okay. Uh, but we've got a lot to talk about here. We're obviously going to preview uh, basically every position here for week three. Uh, we've got, we can't talk about every single player. That's just so many players to talk about. So if you want to see someone that we don't touch on in the podcast, you want to read about them. We do have our sit star article that goes out every Thursday morning. Uh, you can check out, we preview every single game, every single fantasy relevant player. Uh, so if you, if we miss someone or you don't like what Eric or Ryan have to say about them, you can go get another opinion on our sit start article uh, and, you know, really just uh, find the thing that agrees with how you feel about them. Cause it's really what we're all trying to do here is just uh, feel validated really. Uh, and as for Eric's rankings, you know, man had the wedding celebration over the weekend. He doesn't have the rankings ready to go just yet, but they will be on the website tomorrow. Um, Eric, I mean, you touched on it a little bit already, but I mean, how difficult is it doing all the rankings right now? <laughs> it's tough. I mean, I kept sneaking looks at my phone during the celebration, just seeing the injury notifications rolling in. Um, it was uh, it was a mess. So I'm sorting through what's real, what's not. Uh, none of the running backs were good last week, unless it was Derrick Henry or Aaron Jones. It's it's tough, but I think there are at least some backfields that we're just completely avoiding this week. So that makes it a little easier. We can just kind of take them off the list. 
All right. And then just to give a quick little teaser as to some of the players we're going to talk about later, um, let's start with the positives. We have had quite a few negatives already here. Let's, let's start positive. Ryan, who are two players that you're surprisingly starting this week? Yeah, I'm going with two Denver Broncos who are starting both Melvin Gordon and Cortland Sutton this week. They are playing the Jets, so that that does bode well for <laughs> that. Denver does help, Broncos. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good good sign. All right, let me. Are you also going to start Javante Williams? Uh, maybe not as confidently, but I think there's a scenario where you might need to with the with how the running back position is looking right now. Yeah, well, and and the Jets are a team that you know you can uh, run up the score on and and just pound the ball on the ground for a long time. Um, not generally very good against the run, the New York Jets. They've given up 31 fantasy points to running backs per game uh, so far this season. Uh, Eric, who are two players that you are surprisingly starting? Yeah, I'll go with Rondale Moore and James White. I think they're pretty uh, fringe flex plays, but I, I feel pretty confident starting them this week. I mean, you're making hundreds of thousands of people happy because that's how many leagues they were added in on Yahoo. Uh, Rondale Moore added in over 250,000 leagues and James White in about 100,000 leagues. So there's there's a lot of fantasy managers out there who feel very, very validated in, in their uh, waiver wire selection so far. Um, staying on that tone, uh, Eric, who are two players that you're surprisingly sitting? Yeah, Elijah Mitchell or really just insert San Francisco running back A and then J.D. McKissick. What um which who who is a San Francisco running back A who who are the possible players here is it could it be Carryon Johnson is it Jock Patrick is it Kyle Yuschek at this point uh, whoever it is it sounds bad it's either going to be someone going in with an injury or someone off a practice squad so it's it's all in a void for me and it's surprising for me because I love the 49ers backfield generally. All right, so don't start Trenton Cannon. Uh, Ryan, who are two uh, players that you're surprisingly sitting? Yeah, I'm surprisingly sitting Brandon Cooks. I'm pretty worried about that quarterback situation. And then maybe this isn't super surprising, but I think you've got to sit Brandon Ayuk again this week. Oh, man, just committing war crimes against Brandons out there. If you're a, a Brandon listener, <laughs> don't worry. Brandons. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan won't sit you if you're a Brandon. You you can still listen to the podcast, uh, Brandon listeners out there. Uh, speaking of that Houston quarterback situation, Tyrod Taylor has been placed on IR with a grade two hamstring strain. So he's going to miss at least three games. Uh, and head coach David Culley confirmed that they're going to be starting rookie quarterback Davis Mills. We'll talk more what, about what that means when we talk about Thursday night football. Um, let's get into all of the injury news and notes. There's quite a bit this week uh t higgins did not practice on wednesday we didn't get a reason why um but they did say higgins is being considered day-to-day so just something to keep an eye on uh odell beckham jr practiced in full on wednesday so he's trending towards playing for the first time this year and not a moment too soon because uh jarvis landry is on ir so uh what what does that mean for cleveland if uh odell beckham jr plays and now with the absence of jarvis landry can we expect more from OBJ than what Landry was getting. Um, what, what does this mean for you, Eric? I mean, I think we need to see OBJ out there first and getting a healthy share of snaps and looking like the OBJ of old before we can really get too excited about it. So um, it's interesting because I don't know who fills the Landry role. Uh, they've got a bunch of deep threats now uh, between Schwartz and Donovan Peoples-Jones. So uh, I don't know. It, it's maybe a lot of tight ends, a lot of running backs, and then they've got some deep threats. I, I, I just I wouldn't expect any of them to come in and take this volume role of Jarvis Landry right away. So it, it's touch and go for me at first. I'm, I'm not super excited about any of these receivers week one. 
All right. Um, and then while they haven't confirmed that he's out yet, it does seem like Andy Dalton is going to miss week three. He's being labeled as week to week right now. So usually that doesn't mean he's going to be playing in like five days. Um, so Bears head coach Matt Nagy has confirmed that Justin Fields will be the starter when Dalton is out, not Nick Foles. So that I mean, that's a good sign. Uh, at least they're going to start Justin Fields. Uh, Ryan, what does this mean? Uh, we'll start with Fields. Is Fields someone that you're looking to potentially stream this week? Yeah, he's someone you can stream. I am probably a little below the consensus on him this week. I again, I just like to wait and see, make sure guys are in the game can have a full complement of snaps or completely up to speed. We could see some growing pains. We saw some growing pains with him in the few snaps that he took last week. Uh, There's a pretty ugly fumble that he somehow managed to recover by himself. So I'm there are definitely players that I would be starting over him this week, but he's not like completely off the radar. Yeah, I think the the good sign is that he did rush 10 times for 31 yards. Not a, not a huge amount of yards, but it just goes to show what kind of rushing uh, floor that Justin Fields could have. What does this mean for like David Montgomery or um, you know, probably more so Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney? It's really tough to say right now. There's definitely a lot of uncertainty. Their ranges of outcomes have widened. I think it's probably ends up being good for David Montgomery. It can uh, open up some more holes for him. For Robinson and Mooney, we don't really know which player that Fields is going to prefer. I mean, Mooney got more target volume last week, but that could have been a matchup-based thing. So we really have to wait and see. If you have Robinson, you're starting him. I mean, just based on where you drafted him and also it's Allen freaking Robinson. You're start you're always starting Allen Robinson. Um with Mooney, I'd like to wait and see, but I think there's definitely some upside here. Like if you drafted either of these guys, you probably had an eye towards when Fields would take over. So we here's hoping that it works out for both of them. Eric, would you also start Allen Robinson this week? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it could be a little spotty this week, but uh, if you want the big-time upside for Robinson and Mooney, we needed this to happen. It's just more deep ball potential. Uh, you know, Andy Dalton might get, get the volume to him, but it was not going to be an explosive passing game. So, um, yeah, I'm starting Robinson this week. There's upside for more, but we do kind of have to let Fields settle in a little bit first. It, it could be a rough week or two, but uh, Robinson's just too talented to leave on your bench. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm asking these questions as if Justin Fields is a downgrade from Andy Dalton as a passer when we don't we don't know <laughs> that that's the case. It could be a lot better. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't drafted in the top 10 for no reason. That's for sure. Uh, Carson Wentz has not been ruled out for week three yet, but he did miss practice on Wednesday as he's dealing with two ankle sprains. He sprained both of his ankles as someone who I, I, I've sprained each of my ankles. Uh, I played a high school basketball. I, I sprained them both a lot. I never sprained them both at the same time. Um, and I know that quite a few times it was like a summer league tournament where there's only like six of us there. And I didn't really have like the choice to rest. I could at least favor one foot. I Carson Wentz, you can't even do that. And it's his right ankle that has the more severe sprain, which is the, you know, when you're driving back to pass, it's like the foot you, you know, step more on and, and push off of. So uh, if he doesn't play this week and it's Jacob Eason under center uh, for Indianapolis, can we play any Colts wide receiver? No, definitely not receivers. Okay. What, what, what does it mean for Jonathan Taylor or Naeem no. Hines? Yeah, I mean, Taylor will be fine. He's going to get a ton of volume, good enough offensive line. Um, he may not be that, you know, top six running back we want him to be. But, um, you know, Tennessee's a nice matchup. So I think they can put up a few points. It's not a complete goose egg. Hines is just tough. I mean, he, he you know, kind of disappeared last week. Marlon Mack saw a little bit more work. 
Um, it's hard for me to trust him. This would be a great game script against Tennessee for Hines. It's just without a quarterback, you know, hopefully we get some dump off passes from Eason, but uh, it does lower Hines's uh, dependability here. All right. Uh, I, Jacob Eason is being, you know, talked about as like more of a big arm quarterback. So I don't, I don't know how often he'll dump off to Naeem Hines. I, I don't think you can play him with any kind of confidence. Um, Ryan, what about you? How do you feel about Hines? Uh, yeah, I would stay away from Hines this week. I think the game plan is probably going to be to run Jonathan Taylor up the middle like 30 times or so would be my guess, maybe with a couple deep shots. I I can understand playing like Michael Pittman in like a DFS tournament or something just because of the upside there and because the matchup is so juicy against Tennessee. But in your normal lineups, I would be avoiding. Will Fuller was back in practice on Wednesday, so all signs point towards Fuller playing this week. Uh, missed week one with the uh, PED suspension from last season and then missed this past game due to uh, personal issues. Um, so it does seem like he's going to play. Unfortunately, Tua Tagovailoa has already been ruled out with fractured ribs, so it will be Jacoby Brissett under center in Miami. I know we all love that. So what does this mean for Miami's passing game, um, and and does this downgrade? Like, Are we playing, are we playing anyone in, in the Dolphins' passing game now? Yeah, it's a big downgrade. I think they're torturing me with Will Fuller this year. Uh, he, he misses a week. He's finally back, backup quarterback in. You can't play Fuller, though. We don't know how the coaching staff views him right now, having missed two games already. We don't know if he's a full complement of snaps. We also don't know if the passing game is going to do anything. So, no, I'm pretty much benching everyone other than Gaskin here. Uh, I do think Gaskin will kind of, you know, flex in where he usually does at the running back position. All right. Uh, Antonio Brown is on the COVID reserve list, as we talked about earlier. Now he is vaccinated, so he just needs two consecutive negative tests by Sunday. So uh, if it was like a false positive, it does give him a chance at playing on Sunday. Now, if he does actually have COVID, uh, hopefully uh, it doesn't affect him too much. And, and, you know, he's able to be healthy and be ready for uh, week four at that point. But if he does you know, actually have COVID, then there's really no chance of him playing this Sunday. So just something to keep a close eye on if you have Antonio Brown. Um, ben Roethlisberger may not play in week three. He injured his pectoral and quote his throat, like throwing is painful for him. I don't, I don't know how much of that is like good reporting by people who Ben has good relationships with to make him look like some kind of superhuman. Uh, or if it's like this dude's 39 and like getting out of bed hurts sometime, you know, I mean, that's just how things get as we get older. So uh, if Roethlisberger doesn't play or if he plays hurt, uh, how much does that affect your rankings of the Steelers wide receivers, Ryan? I mean, if he doesn't play, then they all have to be pushed down, of course. Um, if he pl- if he's out there, I'm probably not as concerned. I mean, I f- it feels like every year at the end of the season, we learned that Roethlisberger was playing hurt the entire time. And he honestly always looks like he's playing hurt <laughs> in, re- in recent years. Um, so, yeah, I have all three of the Steelers receivers in flex range. Um, the Bengals shouldn't be too tough of, ma- of a matchup for them. So if he plays, you can flex any of them. If he doesn't, I would look for other options. You'd, you'd bench all three of them if Mason Rudolph's under center. If Rudolph's under center and Deontay Johnson is a full go, I think you can start Deontay Johnson off of projected volume. But okay. I would be I would be avoiding Claypool because there's probably less opportunity for a big play, which is what he needs. And with Juju, I mean, he he made his fantasy score on a rushing touchdown uh, this week. Probably makes it a lot less likely if Rudolph's under center for next week. 
All right. Uh, speaking of Deontay Johnson, you mentioned uh, he didn't practice with a knee injury. Um, based on the way it's worded, it doesn't sound like they think it's serious. So it did feel like he's going to play, but uh, definitely something, again, to monitor. Uh, by the way, A.J. Brown and DeAndre Hopkins didn't practice, and I, those are the kinds – you don't have to worry about that. They're fine. They're, they're going to play. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, and Evan Ingram were all limited at practice. Uh, Evan Ingram, I, would, you, I don't – if you're rostering him, please don't play him, and also why. Um, Let's talk about Kenny Galladay. Are, are, are we benching Galladay? Because he has seven catches for 102 yards through two games. He has 17 PBR points through two games. Um, and all he got into it with Jason Garrett on the sideline during week two. Um, so what are we doing with, with Galladay? You know, I, I think if you – obviously, if you're stacked a receiver, bench him and let him sort this out. But, I mean, they've played Denver and Washington so far, two really tough defenses. He still does have six and eight targets, and that's, you know, being eased into the offense after missing – most of camp with an injury. So all things considered, like it's not the worst start in the world. They get Atlanta this week. That's a much better matchup. So I think you can feel relatively confident starting him. Um, it does look like Sterling Shepard has kind of leapfrogged him as the primary option with Daniel Jones. So uh, keep expectations in check, but uh, Galladay's going to get the work and they should be able to put up some points here. Would, uh, would you start Shepard or Galladay? Uh, I'd go with the hot hand and go with Shepard here. He's, he's looked really good so far. Ryan, what about you? I would go with Galladay. He does have 213 total air yards so far this season, so his peripheral numbers look pretty good. I have him at wide receiver 39, and I have Shepard down at wide receiver 46. Um, so you could flex Galladay potentially, but I do have guys like Rondale Moore and Tim Patrick over him. Okay, cool. And and how do we feel about Saquon Barkley? I mean, 13 attempts for 57 yards is definitely an improvement on the 10 attempts for 26 yards he put up in week one, but uh, he's limited in practice. It does seem like he's still not fully healthy. Um, How are we playing Saquon? I mean, it's Atlanta, but you know, how is that like the only reason why we're playing Barkley? Like where's your concern level for Barkley right now? You know, I mean, I think this is the week to kind of trust him here. I mean, he he actually played a good amount of snaps in that Thursday night game on a short week. So that was a really encouraging sign. Um, the offense as a whole is going to worry us. But, you know, his snap rate was 84% last week. So good matchup, getting lots of snaps. Hopefully this they dust him off and get him involved in the passing game more. And I, I don't know if we're ready to say he's back to the Saquon of old. But um, I think this is the week that you kind of uh, be a little more positive about Saquon Barkley as a starter. Okay. And Ryan, I, I know you have him uh, in your top 10. So you're you're feeling pretty good about Saquon Barkley against Atlanta. Yeah, I'm feeling good. You, you kind of have to. Like the snap share has been trending up. I thought he looked better last week than he did in week one. Um, you He's Saquon Barkley. The, this blow up could come at any time. And there's really no better spot than against Atlanta. He's had 10 days to rest. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of trusting him this week. All right. Yeah. And um. Atlanta is 27th in giving up rush yards uh, to opponent opposing running backs or just, I mean, just rush yards on, uh, on the ground. So they're, they're not very good at stopping the run. Um, moving on to San Francisco, uh, Eric, I know you said you don't want to start anyone, um, but just, you know, d- just in case the people are curious, you know, Elijah Mitchell, Jermichael hasty, both didn't practice. Hasty's already been ruled out. Uh, Trey sermon was limited. He's in the concussion protocol. Uh, we've got, you know, carry on Johnson and Jock Patrick and Trenton Cannon also involved there in San Francisco. Uh, Ryan, how, like if Elijah Mitchell is the healthy running back in San Francisco, are you starting him? If Elijah Mitchell's healthy and yes, I'm starting him. I have him ranked at RB 21 and that's really 
a reflection of how terrible running back is right now. Like you're not going to feel amazing about it, but who who else are you going to start at your RB2? You're playing him over Javante Williams. You're playing him over Josh Jacobs, who's also dealing with injury. I, you're playing him over Mike Davis, who's losing work to Cordero Patterson. Like I, I don't, you don't feel good about it, but the upside is always there in the San Francisco backfield. You might be tilting about it on Monday, but that, I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. All right. Do you start uh, Trey Sermon if he's like the healthy 49ers running back? I Yeah, I think you do for Sermon as well. I don't think it matters that much who it is. As If there's one guy that's healthy, I want to play them as an RB2. I, that's with Mitchell out and Sermon as the, as the healthy guy. Obviously, yes. if they're both healthy, you're not starting Sermon. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, if both of them are out and we're looking at Jacques Patrick, who, by the way, is one of the most added uh, players on Yahoo. I think he's the sixth most added running back um, added in about 50,000 le- uh, leagues. Is he someone that you're willing to stream? He's someone I could flex if I'm in like a tough spot. Like if it is Jacques Patrick, like if, if Saturday night we hear that Jacques Patrick is going to carry the load then I guess I'm ranking him probably in the low tw- or sorry, in the high twenties. So okay. probably just below a guy like Javante Williams or Damian Harris. So okay. I, there's a situation where you could be. Yes. And Eric, you don't want, you don't want any of these guys to be in your lineup this week. Yeah. I mean, we can't predict this backfield anyway. And if we've got two questionable hurt players and a couple of practice squad players, I'm, I'm staying away. So okay. um, I, I just, I'm worried about a re-injury and they like to rotate backs and they just kind of put them off to the side for the rest of the game, you know? All right. And then uh, finally for a good old, some coach speak, Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, Bruce Arians said, Ronald Jones quote, play is not as good as it should be. Um, so obviously that means he's going to pop off as the RB one. Cause that's what happens when Bruce Arians says things about players uh, in all seriousness. How do like, do you feel confident about starting Leonard Fournette with Ronald Jones struggling uh, so far? And, and I mean, he missed some key blocks in week two. So uh, is Fournette someone that you can feel better about if Ronald Jones is going to see less and less of a workload? Not against the Rams. Um, no, I'm not really loving either of them. I mean, I suppose Fournette, he's getting there with, you know, passing game volume. He's got nine catches through two weeks, but um, he's been awfully efficient with them catching nine of 11 targets. So now I'm not feeling great about any of them. And, and, and I mean, especially Jones, he can just get benched at any point and he's out for the rest of the game. So yeah, it has to be Fournette, but I still don't have him ranked very high. He's, he's in the thirties for me. Okay, uh, cool. Time for our weekly streaming uh, segment from Ryan. Ryan, who are your top plays at quarterback, tight end, and defense for players that are under 50% rostered on Yahoo? Sure. So starting with quarterback, we've got Derek Carr. I have him at QB 13 this week. Uh, I would play him over guys like Ryan Tannehill that you might have. I would play him over Joe Burrow, uh, and I would play him over Teddy Bridgewater, who you might have from streaming last week. Uh, Derek Carr's been impressive. I I don't really know what else to say. He has thrown 15 or more yards down the field on 22.6 of his percent of his passing attempts this year. That's good for fourth in the league. Uh, credit to JJ Zacharyson on Twitter for that set. But yeah, this matchup against the Dolphins, I mean, the Dolphins have been pretty generous allowing points to quarterbacks so far this year. I am kind of liking what this Raiders offense looks like as weird as it is to say like I Darren Waller is a stud as he's always been Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards have actually been turning it on in certain spots. Uh, Edwards had another touchdown called back by a penalty last week. I 
tilted pretty hard about that. Um, but yeah, and even Hunter Renfro is a nice go-to guy for car underneath. So I'm actually kind of excited about this Raiders passing game this week. So I think you can plug him in and stream him. Yeah, he's uh, 47% rostered on Yahoo and uh, has scored. He's uh, QB seven so far in six point per passing touchdown leagues. Um, the good thing I, I think that's really noteworthy is, you know, he had 29 points up against Baltimore in a game where he threw nearly 60 times as they were coming from behind. Um, but against Pittsburgh, uh, he also put up 28 fantasy points. And that's a defense that just made Josh Allen look pedestrian in week one um so he he definitely looked a lot better than Allen did against that same defense so uh, i like the Derek carr play uh who do you have at tight end at tight end we're going right back to the well with jared cook uh he didn't completely work out last week but again he had a touchdown called back on i don't even remember i think it was an illegal shift penalty it was something really stupid but he's a, he's rostered in only 47% of Yahoo leagues still had five targets last week. And there's going to be so many, I said this last week again, but there's going to be so many points scored in this chargers chiefs game. So <laughs> I, he's someone I think, I'm firing up. I think everyone had a touchdown called back by a stupid penalty in that Cowboys chargers game. That was, that was awful. Uh, and then finally a defense, uh, who are you streaming this week? Yeah. So for defense, I'm, Going, going back to the Raiders game, I'm streaming Las Vegas. They're, I mean, they're a home favorite. They're going to get either super hurt Tua or Jacoby Brissett. So there's really, there's no reason not to like them in this spot. Yeah, um, it's a good, good matchup for sure. Anytime there's a backup quarterback in the game, you can you really want to target them, which is why, by the way, Carolina, um, they would have been eligible for this yesterday but they've been added in so many leagues that they're now up to 74 percent rostered so if you have carolina you just pick them up you can definitely start them this week against uh davis mills and uh you know the houston texans which by the way perfect segue because that's exactly the next game we're about to talk about so just a reminder all of our sit start recommendations always for 12 team ppr leagues um so you know if you're in standard or the larger league or whatever just kind of keep that in mind uh let's talk about carolina at houston it is thursday night um it is not exactly what we want from like a primetime game uh, but again it's thursday football we're all gonna watch anyway let's be real uh carolina is pretty straightforward for fantasy purposes because you're starting christian mccaffrey you're starting dj Moore. um robbie anderson is probably the, the big question mark because he's still rostered in 91 percent of leagues uh but he's off to a very slow start he only has four catches on nine targets through two games so uh is this a game against houston where you feel like hey like he should be able to do well against the swiss cheese defense or um are we gonna sit him because of his performance so far yeah i mean obviously depends on how deep you are at receiver but i I think darnold's shown enough good things that there's hope that you know he's not a dud this year um so i'd be willing to go back to him if you need the help as a wide receiver three um this houston defense has actually been pretty good uh holding uh, receivers down so far uh, through two games, but they've also played uh, the Jaguars and the Browns. So it's not exactly passing heavy offenses. So I would expect that to regress some, the Texans to give up some points through the air. And I think Robbie Anderson's do uh, another big play like we saw in week one. So um, he, he's definitely wide receiver three territory, but I don't feel awful about rolling Robbie Anderson out there in week three. Well, I mean, let's ask, uh, there's a lot of wide receivers that have been picked up the last two weeks. Would you start uh, Anderson or Rondale Moore? Um, I mean, it's crazy as it is. I think I'd go Rondale Moore. He's not getting the snaps. Um, and usually this would be the type of player I shy away from. Uh, but he's just been so good on his work. That offense looks so explosive. I'm going to get more in my lineup if I can personally. Ryan? Yeah, I agree. You're starting Rondale Moore over Anderson. 
All right. What about Sterling Shepard or Henry Ruggs? Um, I would go with Shepard. Um, I, I, I'm still a little hesitant buying into Henry Ruggs, though, personally. I would also go with Shepard. Okay. What if you have uh, one of the wide receivers like Deontay Johnson or Antonio Brown, who are not certain uh, about their status for this weekend, or or in, in uh, Deontay Johnson's case, their quarterback status? Um, would you start Robbie Anderson, or would you keep that slot open uh, for someone like Johnson or, or Brown? Mm, that's a tough call. I mean, I would want to have a backup if um, you know, Johnson doesn't go. So if it's between, it's just, if it's one or the other, then give me Robbie Anderson. But I think I would prefer to wait if I could kind of work my roster. So I have a couple options. I, I think I'd rather wait on Johnson and, uh, Antonio Brown there. Yeah, I'd agree. I think you can get, or maybe not get, but potentially have guys on your roster that are comparable ish, like risky flex plays to Robbie Anderson. Um, I mean, guys like Cole Beasley, Christian Kirk, even, like Zach Pascal or Michael Pittman are really obtainable. So those are guys that could maybe be like pinch starts for you. Yeah. I mean, if we're assuming that you have no other wide receivers on your roster, which is probably is not the case. um, Some other guys just kind of replacement level type players who are available, widely available in leagues like Jacoby Myers, um, Emmanuel Sanders, um, Nicole Hardman, Darnell Mooney, all these guys are rostered in pretty much 50% or fewer leagues. I mean, even like Nelson Aguilar, Darius Slayton. So um, if that's like the replacement level, Eric, uh, Robbie Anderson or Deontay Johnson. Oh, yeah, give me Deontay Johnson. I'll, I'll roll the dice and try to get those 12 targets out of Deontay. All right. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, Tyrod Taylor already being placed on IR. Uh, rookie quarterback Davis Mills is going to start this week. He went eight for 18 for 102 yards. Did did throw a touchdown. Did also throw an interception. Um, but let's be real. No one cares about that, those stats because no one's starting Davis Mills unless you're in like a three quarterback league. Uh, <laughs> so in which case you're, you're starting any healthy quarterback. Uh, here's how he did with Brandon Cooks. Uh, Cooks had four receptions on nine targets. So half of Mills' pass attempts went to Brandon Cooks. That uh, did not include a 27-yard defensive pass interference in there. Um, so really, it was it was 10 targets. And I you know, assume Cooks probably catches that, so five receptions, you can say. Um, he also was the one who caught the touchdown as a two-yard touchdown throw. So um, how confident are we? I know you mentioned you're sitting Brandon Cooks, Ryan. Eric, how do you feel about Brandon Cooks this week? Yeah, I'd much rather see a week out of this and <laughs> see how this offense is going to function. I mean, I, I think the encouraging side would be that this, you know, coaching staff does seem to know how to get the best out of their players so far through two weeks. And uh, Cooks has 21 targets through two games. So, like, they're probably going to target him. He's their best receiver. Um, but this could be one of those disaster weeks, too, where they're just run off the field and they put up 10 points. So, uh, I think I'm right there with Ryan. I'd rather wait and see how this develops. But – uh, Cooks is their number one receiver. He's seen the volume. And I think if you have to, you can start him and just uh, hope you get one of those deep plays that Cooks is so good at. Would you start Cooks or Robbie Anderson? Uh, Robbie Anderson. Ryan? I believe I have Cooks above Robbie Anderson. Okay. So then for you, Ryan, would you start Brandon Cooks or like that Antonio Brown, Deontay Johnson conundrum? Uh, I'd still be waiting for Antonio Brown or Deontay Johnson and hoping I can plug someone else in if not. Okay. And then like some of the most added guys like, um, uh, Rondale Moore, Sterling Shepard, uh, Henry Ruggs, even uh, what about like KJ Osborne? So those four guys, which of those are you starting over Brandon cooks? Uh, I'll start Rondale Moore over him. Uh, Osborne, not yet rugs, not yet. And who was the last one? Sterling Shepard. Uh, 
I've got him close with Shepard, but I would still start Brandon Cooks. Okay. Uh, Hollywood Brown's also one of the most added wide receivers. He was added in uh, over 100,000 leagues yesterday. Um, safe to say we're all starting Hollywood Brown over Cooks or Robbie Anderson. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Uh, all right, let's talk about the running backs uh, this week. It's As you guys mentioned, it's kind of rough. Uh, it, it's interesting to me that we're so down on some of these guys uh, that, that were being drafted highly, and yet the top 20 running backs or, or so in both Ryan's rankings and Fantasy Pro's um, expert consensus rankings are pretty much the top 20 or so running backs that we were, that were being drafted in Fantasy Leagues. Um, you have a few notable guys that are, are pretty down in the rankings, guys like James Robinson and Mike Davis, but for the most part, it's it's pretty, pretty chalk. Um, no one has really risen up to claim starting running back status. Um, some of the closest guys like that are, are Tyson Williams, uh, or Elijah Mitchell in Ryan's eyes, not so much in Eric's eyes, at least this week. So it's just kind of an interesting one. Uh, but let's go down the list to start with guys that we consider must start. Um, you know, some of these guys, there's no concern. I mean, Dalvin Cook, there's the health thing. Uh, so if he doesn't play this week, I mean, if he plays, you're playing him. But if he doesn't play this week, he they have such a great matchup against Seattle. Is Alexander Madison a must start if Dalvin Cook is out? Yeah, he is for me, especially if Cook's just out the whole game. He's going to get a ton of work. So, yep, get Madison in there. I mean, we just saw them get gashed last week. So uh, it's worth a shot another week here. Yeah, I in that scenario, I would have Madison ranked as like a mid RB2. And with how shallow the running back position is, that is a must start. Okay. Yeah. The Seahawks have given up the most uh, points to running backs, most fantasy points to running backs, but you know, they also just, that was like a monster week from Derrick Henry. Uh, as we mentioned, he had a career high six receptions. So uh, yeah, very, very big week there for him. Um, the other guys that are kind of in this must start that we kind of need to talk about uh, guys like Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, even Jonathan Taylor have not really performed very well so far this year. Um, what's your level of concern for those three guys? Uh I know you're both starting him still this week or starting all three of them this week, but at what point do you start to get concerned about their level of production? Yeah, I'm not worried about Kamara. I, I feel like the saints have had a couple weird games so far. We're still kind of waiting for a normal game out of them. Um, Taylor, obviously with Wentz hurt, um, it lowers that offensive ceiling, but he's still going to be really, really featured. I, I think if you're going to worry about anyone, it's Zeke. And that's only because Pollard looks so good. Um, we've seen Pollard, you know, look better than Zeke at times, but this seems to be the biggest push he's made. So I think the biggest concerns with Zeke, but he's still in one of the league's best offenses. So you're going to get touchdowns. They're still going to give him the ball. So I, I'm relatively unconcerned about all of them, but Zeke would be my number one of the group. I'd agree. Zeke is the one I'm most concerned about just because it seems like the Cowboys have figured out that Tony Pollard is pretty electric. So they seem like they're splitting that workload more than we've seen in a meaningful way to where it's impacting his production. Um, but with Jonathan Taylor, I mean, I, I think he leads the league in goal line carries right now, but he doesn't have a rushing touchdown. So th that's that's going to even out over the course of the year. And I mean, Kamara, sure, he hasn't really put up amazing numbers, but he had one of his the highest snap shares of his career last week. So we could really see some big games out of Kamara going forward. It's a tough matchup against New England this week, um, but he can get it done through the air as well. So not that worried. Yeah, um, despite the the numbers, I mean. Zeke had 16 rush attempts uh, this most uh, this past week, and Tony Pollard had 13. But Zeke outsnapped Tony Pollard 
uh, I think 71% to 34%. Um, yeah, Zeke had 44 snaps. Tony Pollard had 21. So it was just more of the fact that like Pollard was pretty much running. I, I, like he had 21 offensive snaps and he received, he got the ball 16 of those times. Like that's insane. If if he's on the field that little and getting the ball that much at a certain point, the defense should be like, hey, maybe they're going to give the ball to this guy that doesn't ever get on the field. And they always give it to him when he's on the field. So Zeke is still winning the snap count by a lot. Um, he's the better pass blocking back. So he's out there a lot of times. And, and, uh, I just think this is an offense where there's gonna be a ton of volume to go around for everyone. Uh, this might be one of the, like, kind of like the Browns where you have two viable running backs each week. But, um, where are, are you guys starting Tony Pollard this week? Um, as the Cowboys play the, the Eagles on Monday night football. I mean, ideally you have better options, um, but he's certainly, I think we've all been wanting to start Pollard for like the past two years and we've got a window here. So he's right around the RB 32 range for me, um, kind of mixes in with some of those other backups or split backfields. He's got upside. Uh, I would rather find a, like a, the team's true RB one if I can, but he's on the radar. Yeah. RB 37 for me, you can start him if you really need a flex play or something but yeah i i would echo what eric said you also you want to see more of a snap share like he he's basically being used as like a glorified gadget player at this point if they're just going to give it to him every time that he's on the field so okay cool so he's not he's not quite up to cream hunt uh range yet as an rb2 um now the other guys that you're you're definitely starting are all the people you drafted early on. I mean, it's it's you know Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry just had big weeks. Austin Eckler, uh, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, like just just all these. Guys. You're still starting them. Don't don't overthink it. Um, with guys like Antonio Gibson and DeAndre Swift, then there's a little bit more of a question about their workload. Uh, JD McKissick was on the field a lot more in week two. Jamal Williams is definitely an issue. Uh, are we at all concerned about Gibson or Swift based on their workload? No, I, I still like what I see out of Swift. He's leading the backfield. He's getting the targets. Um, Gibson, I, I think there's a little more of a concern that he could become a little bit more uh, touchdown dependent. Uh, we really need that passing game work to rebound, which you said McKissick took it over last week. I mean, Gibson only two targets, two receptions, four yards last week. That's a worry. So uh, he, he's explosive enough. He'll have big plays in the running game. Uh, hopefully we get him in the end zone here soon. I feel better about Swift, honestly, but um, – Gibson still, he's too talented. He could make a move here and be right back to where we were hoping preseason. Yeah, Swift, I'm honestly feeling pretty good about. He leads the he leads all running backs in targets right now. So he's going to continue to get it done in the two-minute drill. Speaking of the two-minute drill, that's where we wish Antonio Gibson was playing. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where McKissick got most of his production last week. Um, but I will say that in the final two-minute drill, Gibson was on the field for the beginning of it but came off the field after the first snap because he got hit in the shoulder. He, I believe he was limited at practice today because he yep. had a minor shoulder injury. So that I, as far as we know, he could have been on the field for that whole drive and caught three checkdowns there. And we wouldn't even be having this conversation if that had happened. So I still think that Gibson has upside going forward, um, but maybe we temper expectations of it, but like you're still starting him. All right. That's a, that's a good point. Um, there's someone in both fantasy pros top 20 and your top 20 Ryan, that we absolutely have to talk about that. There's a lot of people out there who aren't going to want to start this week. And that's Clyde Edwards, Alaire, who by the way is running back 46, uh, so far this season in PPR scoring. And is probably lower than that. If we go on a per game basis, because there's definitely some guys who have outscored him in at least one game and maybe didn't play in the other one. So, uh, why, why are we still, playing Clyde Edwards. I mean, I know it's at RB 20 and he was being drafted probably a little higher than that, but that's still 
we're still saying he's a, an RB2 this week. So tell me why on earth I'm not just benching this guy. Yeah, I'll say he's the first guy that I don't feel amazing about this week. Like, I, I know for sure you're starting 19 running backs and Clyde Edwards-Alaire is number 20. Um, but, I mean, you just have to trust the workload and the offense. And that that's really been the thesis with him since draft season, really. But he is continuing to dominate the snap shares. Um, he's not being overly efficient with his touches, but you've just got to trust that he's going to fall into the end zone a time or two. One of these games could absolutely happen this week. Uh, the chiefs are implied 31 points against the chargers this week. That's the most of any team. So you have got to start him. You're not going to find guys that have the upside that he does, but you're obviously not feeling great about it after what he's been doing. By the way, I looked it up and, and Clyde Edwards Alaire is RB 46 and per game scoring as well. So he's he's 46 no matter which way you slice it. Um, Eric, are you starting Alaire with any any confidence? Honestly, no. I mean, I know we talk about these, you know, game scripts for the Chiefs and the implied point totals for them, but it's like this every week. And we've got five career touchdowns out of Clyde Edwards Hilaire through 15 games. Um, so the touchdown scoring's not there. He's got what three targets this year. I, I just, I think there's a lot of red flags. I mean, sure. He had 1100 yards last year from scrimmage. So he's going to put up some yards cause he's on the field so much, but I just don't see him as a big part of this offense and he's not scoring touchdowns. And at some point, like this is just the player he is. So um, if you liked what you got out of him last year, I think that's what you can expect this year, but I've yet to see anything that changes my mind. So again, like we said, I mean, with running backs, it's, it's tough this year. I mean, as much as everyone's down on Mike Davis, his 13 points last week, wasn't that bad. I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire could kind of fit in that category, but like, I don't, I just don't see the breakout coming and the chiefs are going to have to commit to get him the ball. And it's just not happening yet. Uh, the 13 points that Mike Davis scored uh, last week is more than Clyde Edwards Alaire scored all season long. <laughs> exactly. uh, so, uh, okay, let's just do this real quick. Just tell me who would you rather start um, Clyde Edwards Alaire or here's some players that you might've drafted later on in your drafts or have picked up since then. Um, we'll start uh, miles Gaskin. I've, I've gotten Gaskin ahead. I mean, he's getting more pass catching work, so he's got nine catches through two weeks. Yeah, I have Gaskin ahead as well. Okay. Uh, Damien Harris. Damien Harris. Yep. Ahead. I have a layer over Harris this week. Okay. I, I like, you sounded like shameful of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit it, but yeah, I still have Clyde Edwards a layer. Um, what about uh, Tyson Williams? I've got CEH above him. Yeah. I'll take CEH as well. Okay. Um, either of the Denver running backs. I've got them both behind him. I, I wish I could pick one, though, and I'd have them above. Yeah, CEH over Denver for now. Okay. Uh, Chase Edmonds. I've got him one spot behind CEH, and I'm really tempted to move him ahead, but CEH for now. I've got Edmonds above him. Uh, he's one of just six running backs with over 75 yards in both games this season, so I feel pretty confident about him. Yeah, Chase Edmonds is someone that was, I, I feel like, was kind of polarizing and, and was being picked in that six round range. There's always like at least one person every draft that believed in him. I very am on, clearly on the record. You can go back to the previous podcast where I say I'm not excited about Chase Edmonds. And I definitely have to uh, uh, eat my words a little bit as he has been a top 20 running back so far this season. Um, what are we seeing from Edmonds in his role now without uh, Kenyon Drake in Arizona? Um, James Conner has been kind of a non-factor really um what are we what are we seeing from chase Edmonds, ryan 
I mean, Edmonds and Connor had one red zone attempt each last week. So we should be pretty excited that Edmonds is potentially getting some red zone work now. He had, I think, literally zero red zone touches uh, last year. So that's something to look out for. Connor has looked terrible, like, and Edmonds has looked good. So it's very possible that he continues to take over more of this backfield. He has about a 55% opportunity share right now that could climb as the season goes on. And this offense looks amazing. Edmonds has nine targets through two games. It's he's a piece of an offense that you want, especially against Jacksonville this week. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been playing well and, and uh, definitely getting a good amount of the workload. Um, Let's uh, you mentioned Damien Harris. You have him lower than than CEH. Uh, I think it, what do we expect from New Orleans? They've, as you mentioned, Eric, they not have exactly had, you know, two weird games in a row. Right. Absolutely destroying Green Bay and then losing to Carolina. Um, they're second right now in rush yards uh, allowed per attempt. So it's not good for a guy like Damien Harris, who gets all of his work on the ground. Um, and James White has had two good weeks in a row now. How do we feel about White and Harris this week? Yeah, so, I mean, New Orleans just always has a good run defense, so that's a concern. But, I mean, if this offense is going to stall again, uh, I think it puts New New England in a nice game script for them to give Harris the ball a lot. So, I just I think there's a lot of volume. It might not be pretty, um, but I, I think you can start Harris pretty comfortably, hope for that touchdown. I mean, we saw him. You know, he, he made his day on one big run with a bunch of broken tackles. But, I mean, that's the talent that Harris has. So, um, as far as – you know, James White, I mean, he's getting six or so targets a game. He's slotting right back into that role he used to have. Um, I think he's got a really nice floor against New Orleans, especially if they can't run the ball. So I feel pretty good about starting both of them, honestly. Uh, I just think that they're going to lean on these running backs in New England as long as they can. Uh, not ideal matchup, but um, Saints have enough issues where I think the the Patriots can hang in there with them. All right. Well, we've got a handful of running backs that uh, after this point that are all kind of i mean a lot of guys that were being drafted in like the third to fifth round range based on projected workload and for some of them they're still getting the workload and for some of them things have been a lot murkier so at this point we were talking about guys like james robinson mike davis uh josh jacobs and daryl henderson jr um ryan rank those four running backs for me how do you feel again that was uh james robinson mike davis josh jacobs and daryl henderson jr Sure. So I'll go with Henderson first. I have him at RB24. The matchup sucks, obviously, uh, against Tampa Bay, but it's a high game total. He's been getting most of the snaps when he's been healthy. We got to watch the health, obviously. But if he's a full go, then I feel okay about plugging him in. Uh, and then we had Mike Davis, I believe, was next. Um, I I mean, the Falcons against the Giants, it could be a pretty ugly game. I, I don't know about the potential for um, don't know about the potential for a touchdown and Corderell, Corderell, Corderell. We had this conversation before, but <laughs> Cordero Patterson is probably going to continue to mix in. I don't think he's taking over the backfield, but he is a factor. Uh, and then James Robinson. And who is the other one? Josh Jacobs. Oh, I, oops. I actually have Josh Jacobs over Mike Davis. Uh, Jacobs, we're waiting on the health, but if he is healthy and he's a full go, then this is a pretty good matchup against Miami. I mean, we're playing their defense. It's you should be a positive game script for him. Uh, and then last, I would say James Robinson. It's a little tempting this week because Arizona has been a team that gives up a lot of points, but a lot of it has been through the passing game. 
Um, so you can flex him and not feel great about it. Uh, hopefully he'll get some more checkdowns, continue to get targets on third down like he has been. Um, but you're not feeling great about James Robinson this week. All right. And then where would Kenyon Drake fit into that if Josh Jacobs is out this week? If if Jacobs is out, then I would have Drake honestly probably right about where Jacobs is. I don't think okay. he's as talented as a runner, but if this, if he is getting all of the work, then I think that about equals out. So then I would be playing Drake over guys like Mike Davis and James Robinson. Well, I don't know if he's getting all the work because Peyton Barber's there. <laughs> Let's get excited yeah. about Peyton Barber as the lead running back in Las Vegas. Don't don't do that. We saw what that looked like last week. He probably will still get work um, because I, I don't think Las Vegas sees Kenny Drake as that work workhorse running back. But, uh, you know, he gets more passing game work. So that might be even more exciting anyway. Um, OK, cool. Uh, and Miles Sanders, who's also being drafted in that round, is a must start. He's playing Dallas. Dallas is not very good defensively. And Sanders has been good when Jalen Hurts is the starter. So, you know, that that trend should continue. Um, let's move on to wide receivers, uh, wide receivers, a lot of, you know, not as much as talking about a wide receiver. I feel like wide receivers been again, pretty chalky. Uh, the best wide receivers have been the best and not a lot of guys have really fallen down. AJ Brown and Allen Robinson are probably the two that have fallen the most. Um, Brown had a really disappointing week in a shootout against Seattle. Um, just three receptions on nine targets. Are we concerned about AJ Brown? Now, yeah, he's just hopefully he's just working back into shape with all those knee injuries in the preseason. I know he's not practicing now, but he's too talented. He'll get there by the end of the year. So keep starting. him. Yeah, AJ Brown does lead the league in drops right now, um, but drops aren't generally sticky. So I'm not that concerned about it. And that could be a big reason why he hasn't been putting up the numbers that we hope for. Wouldn't wouldn't the problem with drops is that they're not sticky. If they were sticky, they'd catch the ball. <laughs> That's I think that's the that's the issue, right? That's the yeah. problem. That's why they're not sticky. Um, all right, sorry about that one. That's a yeah. uh apologies uh for that terrible joke, but let's move on. Um, there's another wide receiver that everyone's pretty uh panicky on right now, and that's Robert Woods, who both uh you, Ryan, have down at wide receiver twenty-four. Um, expert consensus ranking has him at twenty-three. So you guys are both like very tentatively starting him. Um, Cooper cup has been the absolute talk of the town in LA. Uh, he's out targeted Robert Woods, 21 to 13. He actually has more receptions than Robert Woods has targets. Um, great connection there between Stafford and cup. So, uh, you know, how, how much of a concern is that for Robert Woods? And is he someone that you could potentially see that you might be sitting in the future? No, I mean, he saw nine targets last week, uh, 64 yards. It was not a disaster. We were just expecting a lot more, especially when this offense looks as good as it does. So, no, I would expect after a few weeks, uh, teams have some tape on this new Rams offense with Stafford at quarterback. Uh, they're going to start game planning for Cooper Cup, and Woods is too talented to just have a down season if they're putting up points. So I'm not, you know, I'm not too concerned about Woods. There might be the issue that Cup's the number one and he's the number two, but uh, there's still going to be so many points to go around here. Yeah, I would echo that. You're not super panicking on Woods. Like he's still getting targeted. Cup's getting targeted more and Cup is getting targeted down the field more. But yeah, as defenses adjust to that, I think we could see some really big weeks from Woods still, including probably this week based on how that Rams Tampa Bay game is probably going to go. 
All right, let's um before let's talk about some of the most added wide receivers and where they might slot in. Some of the guys that uh, might have been picked up in leagues over the past two weeks. Um, we'll start with Rondale Moore. Uh, I know you guys both mentioned that you would start him over uh, someone like Robbie Anderson. Uh, where does Rondale Moore slot into your rankings? Yeah, I have Rondale Moore at wide receiver thirty six, so that's like a decent flex play. I'm the reason for this is that the Cardinals are leading the league in four wide receiver sets. They did that on 19% of their snaps last year and 20% so far this year. And that number increased from week one to week two. So it seems like they're making a conscious effort to get more involved and more actually leads the team in targets right now. So he's, I know that's a surprising statistic. He has more targets than Deandre Hopkins right now. So he's someone that you can start in the flex Yep, he was actually fourth on the team out of wide receivers and targets. He was out targeted or snaps, excuse me, last week. So uh, Hopkins, Green, and Kirk all got more snaps. But uh, on 28 snaps, he ran 24 routes and had eight targets. Like they're just they're forcing more of the ball. This offense looks good. I think you got to ride this. They they should start phasing him in more and giving him more snaps, and that's only going to be good things for Rondale Moore's fantasy outlook going forward. Okay, uh, rank these two wide receivers who were on the most added list both week one and week two, and that's uh, Hollywood Brown of the Ravens and Sterling Shepard of the Giants. Yeah, I've got Hollywood Brown at wide receiver 26, and I have Shepard way down at wide receiver 46. Eric, are they closer in ranking for you? Yeah, they're definitely going to be closer, but I would take Brown. I mean, until Rashad Bateman gets back, he's the wide receiver one, and they're going to have to put up some points. So, yeah, give me Brown. But Shepard, he's he's way closer than that for me. Is Shepard is, like, is startable for you? Yeah, I do think so. I mean, he's in that, you know, wide receiver 36-ish range, and just, you know, he's definitely a flex play for sure. Okay, and then uh, finally, how are we feeling about Henry Ruggs, K.J. Osborne, or Tim Patrick? Yeah, oh, I'm man. just not ready on rugs. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know about you, Ryan, but I need more than one week before I'm just all on board with rugs here. Yeah, not starting rugs, uh, not starting Osborne yet. But Tim Patrick, I think you can feel pretty good about it, especially against the Jets. It's a really soft matchup. Um, they've shown that they're willing to give him volume over multiple weeks. So he's who I'd go with of those three. Uh, Tim Patrick or Sterling Shepard for you, Ryan? I have Patrick a few spots above. But I, uh, again, I don't think they're I don't think they're that different. Like wide receiver 36 and wide receiver 46 aren't that different. Realistically. Okay. So, OK, uh, Patrick or like any of let's just say how many of the Jacksonville or Pittsburgh wide receivers are you starting Tim Patrick over? Uh, assuming that Roethlisberger is healthy, I would start all of those over Tim Patrick, actually. OK, OK. So those guys are still uh, ahead of Tim Patrick. Um, Eric, what about the Cincinnati wide receivers? Um, if T Higgins is uh, healthy, obviously I'm sure he's above. Um, what about Jamar Chase or Tyler Boyd? How do they, how do they mix in with like these most added wide receivers like Sterling Shepard uh, or Tim Patrick? I'm uh, definitely putting uh, Jamar Chase above them. Uh, he's shown some big playability. So um, Boyd, he fits in more with it. Tough matchup against Pittsburgh. I mean, he did get nine targets last week, 73 yards, but you know, he just doesn't have that touchdown potential. And I expect the Bengals to try to run as much as possible against this really good Steelers defense. So um, I wouldn't mind starting some of those receivers in a better kind of shootout potential matchup over Tyler Boyd, but give me Chase over all of them. 
Okay. And then speaking of, uh, of Denver, because obviously with, with, you know, Jerry Judy going out, there was a, a huge change in, in the target share in Denver. Um, Cortland Sutton, obviously a huge beneficiary as he went from three targets in week one to 12 targets in week two against Jacksonville. Um, is he a must start this week against New York? Yes, absolutely. He currently leads the league in air yards with 313. Uh, last week, he was top six in Kenny Hytenshove new opportunity rating. Um, and I've got him penciled in right at wide receiver 20. So he's he is a must start, especially in this matchup against the Jets. Teddy Bridgewater has actually shown an ability to push the ball down the field. Didn't quite see that coming with the deep shots that he's been taking. So, uh, yeah, I you can get excited about Cortland Sutton. Yeah, T- Teddy Throwsevelt heard all the slander about him being a boring quarterback and decided in Denver, Mile High City, he's going to throw it a mile long. Um, yeah, Kenny Heitenhove's uh, opportunity rating is something that we uh, that he has, and it's on his Twitter. We also are going to be featuring it more on our website, um, obviously QBList.com. Um, and it basically just takes players like the, the opportunities that they receive in high leverage situations, um, green zone uh, targets are, are the most valuable. That's, you know, within the 10 yard line. Um, and then, you know, looking at where they're getting targeted red zone um, and, and further out than that. So really just, are they getting, you know, looked at in these high leverage areas where they could be scoring touchdowns um, or, you know, stuff like that. So definitely something to keep a close eye on. And as for the wide receivers that are currently outside of the, you know, startable range, say like, you know, past wide receiver 40 or so, who are you most closely watching and, and expect to see at the top of our, you know, waiver wire ads uh, next week? Who are some of those names that you're keeping a close eye on? Yeah, I'm really still monitoring this Bills wide receiver situation. Uh, personally, I prefer Emmanuel Sanders to Cole Beasley right now. Sanders was targeted eight times last week. Uh, he has 34% of his team's air yards so far. He could definitely be approaching flex territory in better matchups, but against Washington this week, I'm not like trying to get him in super hard, but This passing attack is always productive, and it seems like Sanders is getting the best kind of usage. I mean, Beasley's also being targeted heavily, but it's not down the field as much. So Sanders and Beasley are guys I'm watching. Eric, what about you? Yeah, I'm still keeping an eye on uh, KJ Hamler. I know he had a dud last week, but it's another good spot against the Jets. He's a big play threat. I don't know when we're going to be able to trust him in a matchup, but um, I could see him having a big breakout week any week now. Uh, He's going to see a lot more usage with uh, Jerry Judy Hurt. So he's one I'm keeping an eye on. Um, other than that, like, I mean, you know, a lot of these guys aren't waiver wire players, but, uh, Brandon, I, we just, we need something out of him, uh, but he's going to be ranked low for now. And I still haven't quite given up on Marquez Callaway. I just don't think this is the week where it happens against new England. But, um, if he's sitting on your waiver wire, I'm not ready to just like bury him. And, uh, I think there are going to be some shootout weeks with Jameis where he has a nice week. Okay. And Brandon Ayuk, um, should have mentioned him earlier because Ryan, you have him as a sit this week. I think you have him ranked at, uh, what was it? Wide receiver, like 48. Um, and I'm trying to find him on the expert consensus rankings. They might be really down on him too. Um, Eric, where do you think Brandon Ayuk is going to rank for you? I mean, you can't start him. We got two targets through two weeks now. So, um, he, I mean, I think consensus has him around 53 right now and he's, he's going to be right around there, maybe sixties. Yeah, I, w- I was not looking low enough. <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the consensus was still going to be a little bit slower moving on IU, considering how uh, how good he has looked. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Let let's do some flex quick hitters. Uh, just tell me who you're going to start, uh, Juju or James White. I'll go Juju. I'll go Juju as well. Assuming assuming Ben's playing. 
uh ben roethlisberger yeah um if mason rudolph's playing we're not starting him um tyson williams or hollywood brown uh give me hollywood hollywood as well does that change in a standard league no i don't think so i i trust his role more yeah i'd agree we know hollywood's going to be out there getting all the snaps we don't know that about tyson okay um this one's for ryan because i already know eric's answer jamar chase or elijah mitchell Ooh, that is a good one. Uh, give me Elijah Mitchell if he's healthy and starting. I know Eric's going to disagree. <laughs> uh, Eric, obviously you'd have Jamar Chase. Yes, Jamar Chase. Yeah. yeah. Um, Battle of the Mikes, Mike Williams or Mike Davis? Mike Williams. Yeah, I'm going Mike Williams as well. What about Cordero Patterson or Mike Williams? Mike Williams. Still Mike Williams. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure. We didn't really talk about Cordero Patterson and how high you might have him ranked. Cordero Patterson or Mike Davis? I'm sticking with Mike Davis. He's still seeing more snaps, and he's getting some targets. Yeah, I have Davis at 30 and Patterson at 31, so Davis by a bit. Patterson's been more efficient, but Davis is seeing more volume still. Okay, Um, and then maybe some uh, high-level guys that we might be concerned about. Um, Would you flex Allen Robinson or either Denver running back? I'm definitely going Allen Robinson. Robinson for sure. Okay. Um, Robinson or like Tyson Williams or Chase Edmonds. Let's do Chase Edmonds. I know you like him, Ryan. Uh, Allen Robinson or Chase Edmonds. Ooh, um, I'll actually go Edmonds on this one. Eric? I think I'll go Robinson. I mean, Edmonds has been okay. good, but these were big shootouts and he didn't have a breakout week. So give me give me Robinson there. Okay, and then uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire or um, I had Devontae Smith, but you guys sounded less concerned about Edwards-Alaire than I thought you would be. So what about um, CEH or Debo Samuel? I'd go Debo in that situation. Um, Devontae Smith just had two down of a week last week or else I'd consider it. Yeah, it's Debo or Devontae Smith, either of them over CEH. All right, and then what about um, Cortland Sutton or CEH? Sutton. Definitely Sutton. Okay, cool. Uh, let's move on to quarterback. Um, our, you know, quarterback again, I think another week of, of more or less chalk uh, type stuff. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is probably the highest ranked quarterback that you didn't draft um, before the season started, but was probably added in a lot of places. Um, Daniel Jones is also pretty highly ranked by um, expert consensus rankings. Uh, how much of that is the fact that they're playing Atlanta? Well, I mean, Jones put up 29.5 points last week he's got two straight weeks over 20 so it's ugly with jones but yeah i mean with with the rushing ability in atlanta it's not a bad play it's you know you're always at risk of like a eight point dud from jones but so far so good yeah i think jones is in streaming consideration this week uh again atlanta's a great matchup jones has been getting it done on the ground this year i would play like justin fields over him just because i think daniel jones is bad and justin fields might be good but you could probably expect pretty similar things from them this week. All right. Um, as far as the the quarterbacks that we drafted um, that aren't performing so well, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan, you have him all the way down at quarterback 21. Uh, expert consensus ranking is a little higher on him. They have him at 14. How concerned are we about Ryan Tannehill? Like if you drafted Tannehill, should you be out there looking for someone else to play over him? Yes, you should absolutely be looking for someone else to play over him. He has just refused to throw deep. he's among the bottom five quarterbacks in terms of throwing the ball beyond 15 yards so far this year. 
uh, this offensive line has looked very bad and he seems content to just continue checking it down to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is commanding targets. That That is how much Ryan Tannehill refuses to throw the ball downfield. So until that changes, I'm looking for other options. I mean, he's been in a couple of really high total games and hasn't delivered. Would you drop Tannehill um, to pick up one of these other quarterbacks or would you hang on to him uh, for now? I don't usually like rostering two quarterbacks. So, yeah, I think you can drop Ryan Tannehill if you want to start someone like Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins this week. Eric? Um, I, I could do it for them. Uh, I, I just would say about Tannehill, I mean, 35 and 45 or 35 and 40 passing attempts through two weeks. Um, you know, no touchdowns last week. He, I mean, for 347 yards passing, you'd expect a touchdown or two. He's had his rushing touchdown this year. Like, I think there's more upside there with Tannehill. So I'm going to hold him. But yeah, if you can get Carr and he's pretty safe and consistent, I, I don't mind it. But uh, I still have faith that Tannehill, after the Colts this week, he gets the Jets and Jaguars. So I think there are good times ahead for Tannehill. So you would you would bench Tannehill if you wanted to stream someone, but you wouldn't outright drop him? I'd try to hang on. Um, but I also wouldn't mind you, you know, hey, rolling the dice and go with Fields or something. He could win you a league. So um, I just, I wouldn't be just panic dropping him. But um, I, yeah, I can see not wanting to play him against, against the Colts this week. Okay. Is, um, is Jameis Winston droppable? Did we, did we all kind of get a little too excited about him? <laughs> when aren't we excited about Jameis? I, I I love that both of you just like giggled with like the same like derpy smile of like, come on, but it was Jameis. Like we all had to, we had to have that fun. <laughs> we had to have that one week lottery ticket. Um, Josh Gordon uh, might get reinstated so then we can get on that bandwagon too. <laughs> yeah. Great would that be if he went to New Orleans? Then we could just really, really hop on that. Yeah. Uh, Jameis has New England, the Giants, Washington and a bye week. So that might be enough to cut him loose right there. Yeah, that's fair. Um, how droppable are these three highly uh, rostered quarterbacks? I know this is this is sit start, but these are guys that are being rostered. And if you're not starting them, I mean, um, you know, or should we be dropping them for something else? Uh, Joe Burrow. If you can make it through this week, you got Jacksonville, Green Bay, Detroit, Baltimore, Jets, Cleveland. I, I think there's some points there. So uh, just I would not want to start them against the Steelers. So if you have to do it, drop them this week to get a better starter. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty similar with Tannehill. Like it, if you're in a league where the bench is deep enough that you can have two QBs for a week, I guess do it. But yeah, you don't want to start in this. What week. if you have Burrow and Tannehill? What if that was your move is you drafted Tannehill and then you're like, oh, I'll take the upside play in Joe Burrow because that there's probably some teams out there that are like that. Yeah, I would trust Tannehill more against the Colts than Burrow against the Steelers. OK, um, are Trevor Lawrence or Baker Mayfield droppable in, in redraft? Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is not droppable in Dynasty, I don't think. Don't drop him in Dynasty. No. <laughs> um, Dynasty is super flex two QB league. Is he droppable? I really want to be positive on Lawrence. I am not ready to give up on him after two weeks, but this is brutal. Um, so, yeah, if you have other holes in your roster, you can drop Lawrence. Yeah, I think Lawrence is maybe on the streaming radar this week just because they could have a ton of garbage yeah. time, but there's really not much of a floor there. Like, it, it's been really tough for him so far so yeah you can drop lawrence okay um and then since we didn't really talk too much about which ones you can start here are the quarterbacks you can start and so you know stop me when you hear a name that surprises you kyler murray lamar jackson patrick Mahomes, russell wilson josh allen Dak prescott i the guys you drafted you can start the only one you really need to be concerned about is ryan Tannehill. um even even matthew stafford with a tough matchup against tampa bay is in our uh, our top 12 um and ryan has him at, at quarterback 10 so yeah don't worry too much at quarterback um tight end 
tight ends fun. Um, let's let's talk about the tight ends that concern us uh, before we talk about which tight ends we might start over them. So how concerned are you if you drafted George Kittle, uh, who only has nine targets through two games? I'm concerned. I mean, the problem is he's they got such a good running game. He's a good run blocker. They just don't need to feed him targets like you do Darren Waller. So, yeah, I'm worried that he's been surpassed by TJ Hawkinson um, and he's not going to be a you know league winning tight end. I'm, I'm concerned in that respect. Yeah, I'm very concerned. This is why I didn't draft a lot of George Kittle because the volume just isn't locked in. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has only 55 passing attempts through two weeks. There, the passing volume just isn't there to sustain multiple options. I mean, he can still get it done on efficiency if they will let him catch the ball and not block on every single play. But he's in the tight end one range still. But yeah, you should be worried. Yeah, I mean, he's still he's still a top five tight end, right? I mean, we're still still starting him. Yeah, yeah, I have him tight in five this week. So you're still starting him, but you're not feeling good about it. Okay. Are we concerned about Mark Andrews? Only 10 targets through two games. I think it's going to come around for Andrews. They're going to have to get him the ball. They just don't have very many other options. So yeah, once his touchdown lock rebounds, no touchdown so far, he's going to be right back where he always is, I think. Yeah, I've got Andrews at tight end eight. I'm not feeling great about him, but yeah, you're going to keep starting him. He's going to catch a couple touchdowns one of these weeks, especially if the Ravens keep having to put up as many points as they've had to. So yeah, hold hold on to him and pray. Okay, and I think we said it, someone said it last year on one of our shows really good, I think on Mark Andrews, which is at tight end, so oftentimes you're, you're just praying for a touchdown and Mark Andrews has like the highest touchdown rate of any, you know, of any non-elite tight end. Uh, out there so you know after a certain point you're just saying find me in the end zone and Andrews is the best of those guys um all right what about we had like a kind of a big range of tight end when we we're talking about drafting of like seven to twelve of like pretty interchangeable guys and all three of these guys uh factored in there Tyler Higby Robert Tunyon and Dallas Goddard um all of them have seven targets on the season uh just rank are any of them droppable or sittable this week no I, I think they're still all startable yeah, I think there there are twelve tight ends I would start over Dallas Goddard, but you can still start him. I think um, I'm not super concerned about the other two, but yeah. Okay, so the one tight end you have in the mix that that wasn't like a top twelve drafted tight end is Jared Cook. Um, you're you're saying you probably wouldn't drop Dallas Goddard for Jared Cook right now. Yeah, I wouldn't drop him for Jared Cook. Um, you also don't really want to roster two tight ends, though. So if you have Dallas Goddard on your roster, probably just play him this just week. Start him. Yeah. yeah. Only one spot apart in your rankings. Um, okay. And then tight ends that you might have snagged off of waivers that are startable. Um, those guys, uh, Jared Cook, we talked about as, as a top streamer. Um, here's some of the other tight ends that have been added a lot lately. That's Cole Komet, Austin Hooper, and Gerald Everett. Um, are any of them startable this week if you know you're the team that waited and, and punted tight end? Uh I would say Everett and Hooper both on the streaming radar. Uh we after week one, we were pretty down on Hooper because we thought Njoku was just gonna come in and take this over. But Hooper actually played 69% of the snaps uh in week two and was more heavily targeted as well. So I am waiting and seeing, I guess, on the Browns tight ends. I think both of them could probably end up being like top 20 this year you may want to stream both of them in certain spots good luck picking which one to do um and forever it i mean it's still a high scoring offense he's still out there he's still running routes um that again we're hoping for a touchdown so 
that's where we're at with these tight ends. Yeah, I okay. think I'd pass on Everett. I mean, he's only got four targets total through two games. Hooper with, you know, uh, maybe a, a gimpy Odell Beckham out there, no Jarvis Landry. I could see him getting a nice floor of volume. So I would start Hooper. Um, Komet disappeared last week against a beatable Bengals defense. So it's really just Hooper for me. All right. And then um, one last tight end I forgot to mention. He was being drafted in 98% of Yahoo leagues. He's only rostered in 59% of them now. So he's already been dropped in uh, about 40% of leagues. But Mike Kosicki, um, with Tua out, Jacoby Brissett in at, at Miami. And, and you know, Kosicki has not had a very uh, inspiring stat line. Is he droppable? Yeah, I mean, he rebounded last week, six targets, 41 yards. But with Tua out, it's a mess. So I would be looking for other options. Kosicki's ceiling is way lowered now and his floor we already saw his floor is zero points in the first week yeah six targets give him credit i guess but yeah you can drop him there's a lot of guys i'd rather roster uh everett hooper or gasicki uh yeah i'd rank him hooper everett gasicki okay um all right and then finally defense um what are the top defenses that you're sitting this week Yeah, so I'm actually going to sit Tampa Bay this week. They're underdogs on the road. The Rams are implied 28 points. You don't want to play defenses in games that are very likely to shoot out. So I would play Carolina over them. If you pick them up like a lot of people did, I would play the Raiders over them as well. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, they did really well. They beat up on, uh, Atlanta, but then only put up two points against Dallas. And I think the Rams are a lot more similar to Dallas than they are Atlanta as far as offenses go. Um, Eric, what about you? Yeah. Other side here, it's the Rams defense, um, play Tampa Bay this week and they actually have Arizona and Seattle the next two weeks too. So this is one of those spots I maybe would normally say, try to hang on to them, but you're not going to feel great about starting them for three weeks. Um, and you know, they put up eight points against the bears and the Colts, like, you can win your week without those eight points. So I, I would move on from the Rams as much as it hurts. So, okay. So the Rams are droppable. You're saying, um, Ryan, do you agree with that? They are the most rostered defense on Yahoo. Yeah. I, I, I'm of the opinion that just about any defense is droppable. So yeah, I, I think you can drop them and put together 90% of their production for the rest of the year by streaming. Is uh is Tampa Bay droppable? Obviously, we're sitting them against the Rams, but then uh they have New England, Miami, Philadelphia, Chicago as the next four offenses. So not no no world beaters there. Yeah, I could understand wanting to hold on to Tampa Bay this week. And I mean, if you need to roster two defenses, ugh, I don't I don't feel great about it. Maybe you just play them and hope for the best. But yeah. Okay, Eric. Yeah, I mean, they're a little easier to, to keep. So, But I'm the same. I'm not rostering two defenses, so I don't mind burning them. Uh, the Rams the Rams schedule lightens up later. You know, you might regret it later on, but what you're trying to do is just have more roster spots to pick up, you know, 49ers running backs or Ravens <laughs> running backs or whatever. Like, just take dart throws on these upside guys. These defenses aren't going to have that upside. I love I love the first team that you brought up was the Niners running backs when you're well, like, Well, I don't want to start them. them this week, but I'm still optimistic for the season. So um all right. And then what are two widely available defenses that we're definitely starting? I'm assuming the answer was Carolina for both of you. Um, but you know, again, that they're not widely available anymore. So if you're listening to this and you didn't jump on them, they might be available in your league. They're still available in twenty six percent of leagues. Um and they might this every year I feel like there's a defense that no one expects um to be great and then it just is great. And Carolina might be that defense this year. Um, at least from a fantasy perspective. Um, but Ryan, you mentioned yours earlier in the show. You have uh, Vegas against the uh Jacoby Brissett led Miami Dolphins. Eric, who are you picking up this week? 
Yeah, I'll pick up the Giants um, playing against the Falcons. Uh, Falcons have allowed the most points to opposing fantasy defenses this year. Um, Giants have a halfway decent defense, and I think the way this Falcons team plays, if they get down, it could be a really nice week for the Giants. The Falcons have given up uh... – they gave up 10 points to uh, Philadelphia and then 19 points to Tampa Bay. So yeah, it's 29 points uh, for a fantasy defense would be the number one defense by a wide margin um, so far this year. So yeah, um, just pick on the Falcons all season long really is, is just kind of the way to go. Um, I think, I think that's the move. So uh, again, I, I know there's so many players that we did not cover. Uh, our sit start article does come out Thursday. So definitely check that out. It'll be up Thursday morning. So basically by the time you get this podcast, our sit start article will be up. Um, Eric's rankings will be out tomorrow as well. So you can see those in terms of, you know, exactly where your players rank this week. And as always, uh, you can ask us questions directly on our discord server, PL plus uh, go to picturelist.com plus to join. And then you can, jump in here and tag Eric tag Ryan bug them uh, for all your sit start questions right up until kickoff on Sunday. Um, I mean, even Monday, if you've got some Monday night football starts at questions, we do, we do it all, uh, you know, unless Eric's, uh, you know, getting married or whatever. So again, congratulations, Eric. Uh, I feel like we kind of glossed over that. So here at the end of the show, we'll congratulate you here um, when no one is listening and we cannot wait to tell you about how we were all so right and how we we're also wrong on Sundays. Of what we saw. Show.